on the way to the top floor. I ain't selling out though, but I'm on the way. Got a lot of real, must I motivate? Hold all the moves, I'ma put in play. On the way. Motivation for all the real ones, nigga. On the way. On the way to the big check. You ain't know I'm up next when I'm on the way. You ain't take risks cause you too afraid. I'ma just eat till I'm overweight. On the way. On the way. What's up, y'all? Welcome to another episode. And before we start this episode, I want to encourage all our listeners to please subscribe and rate our channel. We definitely appreciate that. Also, feel free to give us feedback. Like I said, all three of those things, we definitely appreciate it. I just want to start the show off and let you guys know. And um, here's another episode. I hope you all enjoy it. What's up, y'all? This episode is sponsored by Park Hill Consulting Services. If you are interested in learning how to purchase your first investment property or you need some help getting your finances in order so that you can purchase your first investment property, just contact us at www.parkhillconsultantservices.com and we can get you started. We hope you guys enjoy the rest of this episode. What's up, you guys? Welcome to another episode of the Millionaire Mindsets Podcast. My name is Deanna Kent, and I'm sitting here with my co-host, Xavier Miller. What's up, what's up? And today we have another special guest um, for today's podcast, we have Rashad Bilal. He's the co- the host of Earn Your Leisure podcast and an entrepreneur. Welcome to the show, Rashad. Thank you for having me. Appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, we, like I said, we excited excited that you came on. And the first question we always ask our guests is like, just what was the start? So all the things going on now, what was the start to that? Just giving a little background on yourself. The start of um, podcast or just in general? No, just in general. Everything. Oh. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, I come from New York. Uh, I just grew up, like, you know, regular regular kid. I wanted to be a basketball player when I was young. Right, right. Uh, like everybody else, uh-huh. you know. I was going to try to go to the NBA. That was, like, my first passion was, like, basketball. I always, always liked business as well. Um, but um, so, you know, I, I played basketball my whole life and then went to a couple different schools and was fortunate enough to get a scholarship. Um, graduated from the University of Hawaii. And... Um, I went overseas for a little bit to try to test the waters to play professionally overseas, and that didn't really work out. So I came back, and um, I wasn't really sure what I wanted to do. I kind of tried my hat at being a financial advisor just to, you know, see if I would like it. Kind of tip my toes in the water, and that was eleven years ago. I've been doing that ever since. So, yeah, that's that's pretty much, you know, the, my my journey is from you know just growing up sports to being in business. And that's and that's and that's super dope. And uh because I remember when like when I first called on to you, this had to be like a year this had to be like a year ago, bro. And you your page it was more like personal. But you were talking about basketball a lot too, so that's how I knew you was already a hooper. Because you were talking about basketball a lot back then. So that's just seeing your growth along the way, it's been it's been super, super dope. But yeah, I appreciate yeah, that. Definitely, Thank definitely. You. But when it when now getting to uh finances what was the start of that that got you into like, all right, let me financial literacy, getting your money right, helping people get their money right? Yeah, so, um, you know, financial, like, I always I always liked business my whole life. Like, that was something that I was just always interested in is um, just investing money. Like, it, business just always interested me. So I knew, I knew I always wanted to have a career in business. I just wasn't sure, like, which, which path I wanted to take. So, um, you know, when I did the financial planning thing, it was really just a... That was like the easiest option for me, honestly, to get into the world. The world of finance um, was to be a financial advisor. And I passed a couple of tests and I started working with an insurance company. And um, that was just like an easy way to kind of get my foot in the door because, you know, they how it worked. They don't really have a lot of they have a lot of different people that come in that door that don't make it because it's not really um, any money that they pay. You get paid off a commission for the most part. So. For the company, they'll, they'll, it's easy to get a job as like selling insurance and investments and being like a financial advisor because a lot of people won't make it. So that was, and I didn't study business in college, I studied communications in college. So I didn't have a business background. So that was like a, a way for me to get in. And then um, from there, um, teaching financial literacy, my best friend Troy, who I do the podcast with now, he's, he's a teacher and um, he used to teach in the Bronx and he asked me to come speak to his kids one day. And that was my first time actually like talking to kids about finances and I actually liked it. And then from there, he has a summer program. So I started teaching, like I became like an adjunct, like high school teacher almost. I developed like a curriculum for six weeks, financial literacy curriculum. And then that kind of led to my Instagram page, like developing my own personal brand on Instagram, like teaching people financial literacy, but using like um, pop culture and music, sports and stuff like that as as a way to like get the message across. 
And then from there, people just wanted like more dialogue, extended dialogue. They kept asking for a podcast. So I, I thought a podcast would be a good way to just have more of an extended conversation. So we started the podcast. And yeah, that's where we're at now. So wow, that's super that's dope. So- and which like what's so dope, what's really dope about that, what stood out was how you was talking about speaking in schools with the and stuff like that. And like we always talk about the school curriculum, how it's pretty much not pro- as productive to young, especially black people for real. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? And the, like the stuff they teach and it really don't matter. Like I even I had a conversation on Twitter, I posted on Twitter saying how like eleven skills they don't teach you in school. And I said financial literacy was one of them. And when somebody was like, what? They, they do teach that in school. I learned that in college. And I'm like, yo, you got to wait till you in college <laughs> to learn about that. money. It's a right. It's damn near rap already. Because you probably. I mean, even, even a lot of colleges don't teach that. Like, exactly. I never, I never took a financial literacy class in college. So not that's not like something that is widely taught in college. Even in business school, they don't really teach you a lot of practical stuff. They teach you like supply and demand and right. different things of that nature. It's more like theories and stuff like that, but they're not showing you the inner workings of how to do stuff or the inner workings of personal finance for the most part. So it's really not for the most part. It's taught some schools, but for the most part, it's not taught schools yeah. at all. Yeah, and so, something that I just, I just thought about that I saying you had a video. This, like I said, this was a while ago and you was in a class and you had, you were saying how you were showing like $50,000 but on the card. And that was like, like that simple breakdown is such mind opening. Like I wish somebody would have told me something like that when I was like in eighth grade, because that's that's game that people don't really, you know, what I'm saying you don't think of it like that from that perspective. But you might go on, you you know what I'm talking about? You remember what I'm talking about? Yeah, for sure. I I, I told the kids um, I was going to show them thousand dollars, and you know they're like ninth and tenth graders, so of course you know they got excited about that. And they thought it was going to be like fifty thousand dollars, like like you know like rap video, like in a bag, <laughs> like, like that. But uh, you know, I just pulled out a couple credit cards, and I'm like, you know, this is you know, fifty thousand. Like, this is the same. It's just as good as is cash. Like, you can go and you can buy anything that you can use cash for. You can use credit for. Um, actually, you could probably use buy more things on credit than you can right. use cash. And um, but I explained to them like, you know, it's it's not free money. Like, you got to pay it back. So we talked about interest rates. We talked about how people fall because it's very tempting for, for 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 people to get money on a credit card and spend it. And this is why, you know, a lot of people fall into debt is because even as adults, it's, it's tempting. And, you know, you use it for the wrong things all the time. You don't have enough money to pay it back. You have a high interest rate before you know it. You end up paying like three times more right. than what you actually used it for. So, yeah, that just kind of led the conversation into like what credit cards are, what interest rates are. And um, I just try to do stuff like that. Even with the podcast, I just try to relate messages in, in ways that, you know, that the regular person can understand. Even kids, like, I, I try to, like, I say, like, okay, can a, can a kid understand this? I feel like if a kid can't understand it, then it's too complicated. I need right. to make it a little bit easier to understand. So that's kind of, like, how, how I break it down in my mind. You uh, mentioned that a lot of people use credit cards for the wrong reasons. And I know, like, one thing, when I talk to, like, a lot of people around our age or, like, college students, they don't know how to properly use a credit card or what to, what you should be using it for. So as far as using your credit card the right way, what would you recommend how how they should do it? Yeah, um, so I would use credit cards for things that you already, you have to use money for. So like you get gas for your car, groceries, stuff like that, where you can pay it off at the end of the month. So these mm-hmm. things, because you... Part of building credit cards are a good way to build credit. So you want to use it in a responsible manner and try to pay it off in full or almost full every single month. So the easy way to do that is to use it, like I said, on things that you're already going to spend money on anyway, like gas, like food, like, you know, if you take the public transportation, take the train or something like that, like you want to take you, you use your credit card for those things. Because you're going to have to spend money on that anyway. Right. But not only while, while using the credit card help build up your credit, because you can actually, you know, a lot of credit cards have point systems and reward systems. So you can actually make money on that as well. So that is how we use credit cards. It's only something that you can afford to pay back at the end of the month and things that you're already going to have to use and get anyway. All right. All right. That's real. And something that I want to ask is, I'm kind of uh, intrigued by, and I always like ask people this, that I, people that I see giving out game stuff, I always try to ask them this question, like, what's, what's the inspiration behind that? Because that's something that you don't have to do, you know what I mean? Like, you don't got to do that. You can have this info, do what you do, you know what I'm saying? Your life be straight. 
Like, so what's the inspiration behind you giving that information out there to help people, you know what I'm saying, get their money together? Yeah, I mean, for me personally, it's just like, you know, I enjoy it. I, I, I like teaching um, and I like I like sharing information. Like, it, you know, and then it's another way to actually help you learn, too. Like, whenever you teach, it helps you learn because you have to study what you teach and to make sure it's on point. You answer questions and stuff like that. And then especially from the podcast standpoint, it's a great networking tool. And I learn. Like, so it's even like, you know, that's another thing, too. You can never act like you know everything. Right. There's plenty of stuff that I don't know. So every time I bring somebody on and they, they tell about different industry or something like that, I'm learning. So it's also like from a selfish standpoint, it's free education for myself because I'm learning from firsthand. Right. From these people, and I'm developing relationships with these people as well. So mm-hmm. mm, that's dope, man. That's dope. So, and uh, something else I want to touch on was uh, I see you doing. Well, I think with the with the podcast, you're doing a college tour, correct? Yeah, that's something that we're working on. Yep. Yeah. yeah. So I seen. I'm like, man, that's that's cold, bro. Like mm-hmm. that's a salute to y'all for real. That's cold. And like, thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah. Like that goes back to like the curriculum talk. Like the information that's being given is. You gotta go. You really gotta go on a hunt to find that because the schools ain't really gonna tell you for real. Mm-hmm. So with y'all making y'all way around, going to different schools and giving the information out, that's gonna be life changing to a lot of people. I hope so. Hopefully so, man. I appreciate <laughs> that. That's that's the thing. It's like you know, a lot of our listeners are young, so um, we feel like college would be a good idea because it's, you know it's just going right directly to where they're at and try to you know educate them while they're still early, so it's they don't you know make the same mistakes that a lot of people made when they were, you know, older, when they get out of college, it's like, if we can educate them early on, even when kids are in high school, if we can educate them early on, right. then they'll be in a better position when they become adults. Facts, facts. That's real. And I see you want to say something. I was going to say, like, I know you don't probably, like, talk to a million different people and heard a bunch of different scenarios, but what would you say are some of the most common mistakes people make when it comes to their finances? Um, just not having a plan, not, not putting together a plan, not um, budgeting correctly and not educating themselves, really. That's what it really comes down to, just, you know, a lot of times people are not properly educated. And um, whenever you're not educated, you're going to make mistakes. Right. And that's that's true in anything in life. So I think that the biggest thing, financial literacy is something that's really important. And I think that that's probably the biggest thing that people lack in is that they just, they're not they're not literate. They don't, they don't understand money. They don't, they don't understand why investments make sense and they don't you know. So they just make bad decisions out of ignorance. Mm-hmm. Mm. And that's, man, and, that, and that's a deep conversation to have for real. Cause like, like once again, especially in our community, the black community is like, like I have a conversation a lot with some people, they'll be like, okay, we, we doing bad because we don't have access or this. And, you know what I'm saying? What do you, what do you think is the, the reason like within our community where we, a lot of times are so bad when it comes to money, handling money. I think that uh, a lot of different reasons. I think one of the reasons is ignorance. One of the reasons is the environment. Like if you're raised around people and you know your your family's a big part. So if your family is not knowledgeable on money, then you nine times out of ten won't be knowledgeable on money because everything is passed down. It's just like people say like um, like diabetes and all of that stuff is is genetic. It's, that's what you're eating. But if you if you decide to become a vegan, then you're not going to have that for the same because you now you changed your whole family's trajectory. So it's the same thing with money. I think that in our community, it's a lot of different things, but family is a big thing. Um, temptation is a big thing as far as, you know, we, we, we're very emotional when it comes to a lot of different things. And we're very emotional when it comes to money. We make emotional decisions and like, you know, we want instant gratification. Right. So we want to buy jewelry. We want to buy the best looking car. We want to buy the nicest clothes. These are things that we're, we're, we're big, black people are very big on impressing other people. And other communities are not that big on it. Everybody has an ego, but black people are more more so. We're, we're more consumers. Our, our, our nature, we're trained to be consumers. So that's something that we have to get retrain ourselves and get out of the, the, that mindset. But that's something that I think... I see. And then just a lot of influences, like even like in pop culture and music and stuff like that. It's a lot of it's a lot of influence to spend money, like blow money fast. Like, you know what I mean, like that's that's a heavy influence. If you look at it, it's like even like the music that you listen to after a while without you even knowing it, it, it influences your decision making. So right. all your favorite rappers are talking about 
blowing money fast, getting money and buying jewelry and doing this. And you're going to think the same way. You might not be on that level, but on your level, you're going to, you're going to go to the club. You're going to go to, you know, you're going to buy bottles. You're going to do that. And that's mm-hmm. at the end of the day, you know, you're never going to be able to generate wealth. If you're just constantly just spending money. And I like the fact that you brought up um, a lot of it stems from family members too. Cause a lot of things you see within our community is like it's an ongoing cycle that never breaks. And it's like the blind leading the blind. And it's like we got to take a step back and look like if you if you grew up in the home, your parents were struggling financially, then you got to find it within yourself to make change for the next generation. You can't just follow the bad things that they did and think it's going to you know work out in your favor. So we got to learn how to take that accountability with our finances and do better. Mm, yeah. Or use the excuse for it. You know, some mm-hmm. people would just be like, man, I grew up like this. You know, this is all I know. So mm-hmm. that's how a lot of people are with their situation for real. Yeah. <laughs> it's, 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 uh, when you talk, when you have this conversation, it's real deep. And I feel like it's so important right now because I feel like we have to, like, in this information age and it's information everywhere, it's like how I, how I personally feel is like there's no excuse anymore. But that's my opinion. Some people disagree with me. They're like, you know, I'm in this situation, X, Y, and Z. Like, I was talking to somebody, and he was like, I was pretty much saying how, you know what I'm saying, you could, if you just get your mind right, you could get out your situation. And he was like, well, I could believe whatever I want to believe, but tomorrow I'm still wake up in the projects. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, what am I, I don't even know what to say to this. I, can't, I don't even know what to say to this person because we on two different, you know what I'm saying, frequencies with it. So it's like, it's always kind of strange. I see people on different sides of the spectrum and it's like, yo, I can get it. And then some people that's like, yo, X, Y, and Z, this barrier in place, this barrier in place. So like within our community, it's like a battle between like those who like doing what you doing, doing what we doing. And the other side of that, people like, man. Y'all selling bullshit. It's like a false hope. Everybody can't get their money, right? Everybody, you know what I'm saying? So what you, what you think about this? Well, I mean, the, the harsh reality of life is that everybody's not going to make it. Right. That's, that's just the reality <laughs> of it. So it's like, you know, I just said this actually on my live, like Harriet Tubman, and she said, like, I, I freed that hundreds of slaves. That. I could have freed thousands if they, if they knew that they were slaves. So... Unfortunately, you know, a lot of people's mindset is just never going to change. But you can't worry about that. Mm. You know, you can just try to help the people that are, are willing. Because nobody, you, you can't help anybody that doesn't want to be helped. Like, mm-hmm. you know, it's like they said, like, you, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make a drink. So the reality of it is that, unfortunately, a lot of people are just so mentally, you know, disenfranchised that they're never going to be able to think that they can put themselves in a position to have money because they don't feel like they deserve it. That's another thing, too. A lot of people don't feel like they deserve mm, to mm. be in a better place. Like, mentally, a lot of people are, are perfectly fine with being on their, on their corner, on their block, and that's they don't have any aspirations further than that. So, you know, and and ultimately, people, people move whenever they're ready to. It's like some people might not get it now, but they might get it five years from now, or they might get it 10 years from now. So everybody, you know, has to receive information and digest it whenever they can, or if they feel like it. But the the, the, the unfortunate reality is that not everybody's going to make it, and um, not everybody wants to make it. So mm-hmm. one of those things is like, what, what can you do? Yeah, yeah that's, that's the, when you put it that way, that's kind of crazy, especially when you said, like, uh, they don't, they feel like, they don't feel like they deserve it, or, or I guess worthy enough or whatever. And that's, that's real right there. A lot of people, just based on comment, they ain't got to say it, but just some of the shit people say is like, damn, you don't feel like you, you know what I'm saying? You should be in that place, which is, that's, that's you dealing with some other shit then, which is probably, you got to go way deeper than that. So that's real. That's definitely real, man. And, uh, yeah, no, it's like, I, I mean, I, I'm a big music fan. So I remember Jada Kiss said something one time, he was like, too much time spending the hood and how you program. And like, that's real. It's like, the hood is more, it's, it's a mentality. It's a physical man. place, but it's also a mentality. So it's like you can carry you can carry that mentality anywhere in the world. Like you could be in a nice neighborhood and turn that into the hood. And it's like you know what I'm saying because you still have a you still have that same mindset. Mm-hmm. So it's unfortunate, but a lot of people have a mindset where all they want to do is work, all they want to do is just live off credit, all they want to do is just do unproductive things. And this is something that unfortunately some people just will never get out of that mindset. It just it, yeah. they just won't. 
Man, that, that and when we, <laughs> it's so crazy when you say like the hood and how you program. It's so crazy because when you when you actually there, we were just having this conversation this <laughs> week. Like you don't think nothing of it. Like since I've been in Cal, I've been in California for five years. You know what I'm saying? So I've been removed from a lot of like environments and stuff that like I ain't used to it no more. So now shit that was normal to me. Now when I see it, I'm like, whoa! <laughs> like I like I went I went I went to the hood a couple of days ago to get something to eat. Like I said, like I'm in Cali. I don't be in the hood though. I'm in Cali now and shit. So I pull up in the, and as soon as I pull up. I get out of my car, somebody just pop up on me out of nowhere, like, hey, man, let me get a dollar. I'm like, yo, I'm ready to, like, yo. And I'm thinking, like, yo, this, like, five years ago, I was just like, oh, that ain't no big deal. You know what I'm saying? Niggas outside. But now I'm like, yo, what kind of shit? Like, <laughs> like, like, this ain't normal, bro. And, like, it was, like, hella, like, weird stuff happening. And I was only there for 20 minutes. So I'm like, just imagine, like, I already know you there all the time. You, 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 it, don't none of this phase you for real. But when you remove from it, it's like, damn, you look at shit totally different when you remove from it. So How that's, y'all living like this? <laughs> no, nah, no, nah, for real. That's not like, and I'm not trying to, like, make myself better than nobody or none. I'm just saying, like, when you get out of certain situations, you really get to see it for what it is for real. When you, once you remove yourself. So, and, and that's, that's deep on a whole another level. And that also goes to, I, I feel like this kind of goes to a topic when people, when people talk about, like, this is something we talk about often, gentrification. And, like, that's a big topic, especially right now. And what what, what do you think about uh, those topics when we talk about gentrification within our communities and stuff? Yeah, I think that gentrification is something that, you know, it's been happening for a long time and it's going to continue to happen. And, um, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a very touchy topic and it's a very complex topic. Right. Um, but there's a lot of different... There's a lot of different factors that come into play. And I think that one of the things that everybody has to, to value the neighborhood. Because if you don't if you don't value something and then somebody else comes in and they find value in it. Now you can't be mad at that person that found value in something that you didn't find value in. So there's a lot of different factors with discrimination and not I get it, but even like you go to any hood in America. And there's just little stuff like trash on the street, right? It's like you're, you see a garbage right there. Why would you throw your bottle on the street? <laughs> right. That's because you don't you don't value right. where you like. Let's say you don't you're not you're not valuing your neighbor. So by you not valuing your neighborhood, you never see that in a middle class neighborhood. You never see that in a rich neighborhood where somebody literally walks past a garbage can and just throws something in the street. Right. So it's like little stuff like that. So when it comes to gentrification, it's like, of course, we have to be, um, you know, on the curb of that. We have to invest in our neighborhoods. But right. before even that, we got to value our neighborhoods and we got to actually see it because a lot of neighborhoods, you could have brought property in if you had the wherewithal to, to see. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, even in, like, New York, Harlem, Brooklyn, a lot of these neighborhoods, properties were very cheap. And now they're not cheap anymore. Right. But a lot of people from the neighborhood that had money, they didn't buy property. They, they moved to the suburbs or they moved to Jersey. It's like that everywhere. So now if they would have bought property in their neighborhood, it would they would have been able to, to build buildings and do stuff for their own people. But now yeah. somebody else did it. And now everybody's mad about it. So Yeah, that's, that's facts, man. Like this, because like gentrification, like growing up, I remember just hearing that word. And every time I heard that word, it was like something bad attached to it. And it was like, you know what I'm saying? I didn't have my own opinion because I didn't know I was a kid. So I'm hearing justification. And it's always like, oh, white people coming in. They kind of ripping the builders from under us. And I'm like, damn, that's fucked up. But now that I'm older as an adult and I see it, I'm like, it's like the, from my opinion, the truth is like a lot of times we don't value, like you said, we don't put enough value in our communities or ourselves. So if somebody else see that, of course they're going to come in and they see you got a cheap ass building and just buy it from under you and make it whatever it is whatever it is they want it to be because at the root of it it's all a mentality for real ain't none of, ain't, ain't nobody different from the next person it's just they got a mentality as okay I'm gonna take care of this neighborhood I ain't gonna let nobody be you know doing no bullshit doing, selling drugs throwing shit on the corner shit like that so that's 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 pretty much how I see it at the end of the day it's really it's really a mentality we could gentrify our own hoods if we want to you know what I'm saying all it is is taking the money Buying it up and fix, you know what I'm saying? Do whatever you want to do with it. So that, that's just that's just how I see it. I know a lot of when I when I had this conversation, sometimes a lot of people they get offended because they like 
they they feel like all right, well we ain't got the access to the resources or whatever. And like I always say, like that's bullshit. Like, cause I know where I'm from. You go to the west side of Chicago, you gonna see all kinds of forms. You gonna see a thousand dollar shoes. You gonna see yeah. yo whatever like the highest end of fashion whips. You gonna see all that shit within a three four block radius. So it's like you can't a person can't tell me that we don't <laughs> no, got like the resources to do some shit, yo. Especially if we right, just, right. Especially if we collectively like grouping our money. You know what I'm saying? We could do whatever, but. I don't know, that's the whole, it's like some people, a lot of people there yet, but some people, I feel like the majority is still like, that's far-fetched. Like, man, get the fuck out of here. I ain't trying to do it. <laughs> yeah? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's real. Yeah, it's, yeah, man. It's, it's, I don't know, man. It's, uh, I want to ask you also about about branding, because this is a conversation that also a lot of people, they like to uh, hear, hear, hear people talk about with you creating a uh a well-known podcast, creating a real-known personal brand yourself, what do you think are the key things? Because there's so many people that's trying to build their brand, but they probably like, man, this shit, it's a struggle. I've been doing it for a year. I ain't getting no results. What do you think is the, the, the key to it? I think key, bro, to me, is just to be original. I think that that's one of the things that a lot of people lack is creativity and originality. Okay. And, um, you really, what I, what I realized is that you really can't teach somebody creative. The best mm. thing is if, if you're not a creative person, then you might want to just hire somebody who is a creative person and, and have them do it for you. Mm. But a lot of people, especially in business, a lot of business people don't have creativity. Right. And I see it all the time. Just like, it's just common sense for what, for how I see it. And I like, to, I like to see, think of myself as a more creative person because I was actually, I always liked art. I was always into other stuff besides business. So the creative side for me is something I was always passionate about. But I think people don't have really imaginations and they want to just copy what they see somebody else do because what works for me might not work for somebody else. So it's, it's, it's about digging deep and seeing, okay, who am I as a person and how can I make that valuable to other people? So creativity, originality, and consistency. That's another thing too. A lot of people, it's just not consistent. It's like you're building a brand. You got to be consistent. That's the hardest part. And it's like, you know, when nobody's looking, are you still going to put out three Instagram clips a day? Like, you know what I mean? Like when literally nobody's watching it at all, it becomes discouraging and it can be frustrating, but that's the only way you're going to build to when the whole world is watching, but you just don't start off with everybody in the world watching, you know? So being staying in there for the long haul and having the, the endurance to just, to it's like Nipsey says, a marathon, like a lot of people just want to get in and just, they quit after like, you know, a couple of months. I'm like, right, I'm going to try something else. But to, you know, stay down and and really just stay consistent and then to have the creativity and then to be unique as well. To me, that's that's the that's the biggest way to build the brand, in my opinion. Um, yeah. yeah. And I feel like another important thing that I noticed with your brand is that even with you talking about financial literacy, you still made it appealing to like the youth right, and too, um, right. you know to the average person because you know we're just programmed to want to see um entertainment and all the little drama you know all that you know, flashy stuff but you've made it where you've built like such a big brand brand and you've made financial literacy in a sense cool something right. that people want to see and learn more about and you've used pop culture to intertwine the two yeah yeah, I mean the the people. It's like if you if you ever have peanut butter, like if you have Jif, like I grew up on like Jiffy peanut butter, like the cheap peanut butter. Yeah, yeah. And then like when I, when I became more health conscious, I started eating organic peanut butter. So if you ever had like organic peanut butter, you know it's like oil at the top. Yeah. You got to mix it. It's like a whole process. Mm -hmm. But once you start to eat it, you realize it tastes so much better than the product. You now I can't even taste the other one. It tastes disgusting. The same thing with like white bread versus wheat bread. It, it, like the 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 real healthy is always going to be better, but which is so I say that to say, people are so programmed with nonsense, but deep down they want something that's beneficial. They want something that's educational. So if you can give it to them, they realize like they've been craving for that. Like I mean, because they've been craving for that because they they've been reality TV, the music. It's just so much nonsense that they just get fed. But you just have to just feed it to them, and they might not like the taste of it at first, but after a while. They'll, they'll prefer the taste of that over something that's nonsense because then you realize how much time you've wasted in your life just doing nothing and watching nonsense and listening to nonsense and 
it, it doesn't, it's not elevating you. It's not taking you anywhere. So education is something, in my opinion, that is always going to be entertaining to people as long as they can actually grasp it and understand it. People will always gravitate towards education. Um, and it's something that this is why education is a business. And it's never going to go out of business because people, deep deep down, people have a yearning to, to learn. Mm. The key is just to kind of convince them that they need to learn something and give it to them in a way that they that they can listen and they they can accept it. So mm-hmm. that's that's kind of my philosophy on it. Yeah, that's dope. And I want to go back to something you said about uh, originality because that like man, that's so that's so important to me. Where I feel like a lot of people, especially right now, miss is missing because you can go on Instagram and you can just see results from so many people. You just see the end results. So you just Instead of you taking the time to the hard part, which is actively thinking of something yourself, you see, boom, okay, there go here's the result. I'm gonna emulate that. So it's like, in a way, like, do you think with like social media, is it? Do you think it's kind of killing originality in a lot of people? Uh yeah, I think a lot of people are copying right. uh, when somebody else is doing. But I think that's always been the case, right? It's like we live in a copycat society. And um, people always want to just copy whatever the most popular thing is. Social media is probably just amplifying that yeah. because you just seeing it every all day, every day. So now you just have more opportunity to be a follower. But um, yeah, I think social media is playing a big part in lack of originality because um, it's 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 more opportunity to copy somebody because you're just seeing it all the time. Yeah, that's, that's mm-hmm. real. I, and that, that, I asked because that question like literally just popped up in my mind. I was thinking about it like, damn, that's probably because you see like you could see certain people emulating. Like you could just watch it and see like, oh, he just he got that from so and so, or he doing that because you know what I'm saying it's, it's easy to spot. So it was like, damn, that kind of it, it's it's kind of uh, putting two and two together now. And something uh something else I want to ask you because I like you said earlier, I know you a uh, big big uh sports guy. So, and, and like, but I, I like to uh, kind of make my references. Like, if I'm talking about money, I kind of like to do the sports references. So this kind of like an off, <laughs> this like an off, uh, a off top, kind of off topic right now. But I know you play ball or whatever, so I always ask this question when I know people that like ball. Who you think? Who you? Like, she about to get mad at me. Who you, who you think? Uh, I'm gonna just say this: Kobe or LeBron. Um, LeBron, and LeBron, my favorite player. Of all time. Hey, you just got some extra points with me, dog. Okay, I, I was expecting you to say Kobe, bro. I was expecting you to say Kobe for real. So, so all right, let me, let me get the, the Kobe, Kobe. I mean, LeBron and Mike. I mean, for me, I just had this conversation actually yesterday. Let me just had this conversation yesterday. To me, LeBron's the best player of all time because I feel like he can do he can do more things, he's more versatile than any other player ever. Um, but you know, of course, Michael Jordan's track record is impeccable is, you know, so I'm not mad at anybody for saying that, that Michael Jordan is better than LeBron. I mean, but for me personally, if I had to, if I had to pick one player, I would pick LeBron. Cause I just feel like he's more versatile. He can do more things. I just, you know, I feel like he's the most complete player. Yeah, I agree. Man, you ain't gonna be no I'm from Chicago and I, and I agree with you. Say. I think, I think, I think LeBron the GOAT to me, hands down, just based on everything, he could do everything. And that's not even mentioning the off court shit where it's like, you know, we know he's like, off court. Off court, he's definitely going. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> off court. But but that's like that conversation is unique to me because it's like we can see now Mike is doing some certain things for the community and he's doing it like silently, kind of. You know what I'm saying? You hear about little certain. I don't want to say small, but you hear about certain things. But you know, he not in the he not in the camera doing it. When we see LeBron, he's out there. He's showing you like okay, giving inspiration. Well, look, where Jordan is more behind the scenes. And my question is, like, I don't want to say which one is more effective, but, like, yeah, pretty much, like, which way do you think, do you think it's better? Because we, we all know, we hear we hear stuff where you be like, man, if you black and you giving out this game, you helping out this many people, you know, the government, they going, they gonna, you know what I'm saying, you going to get set up, they going to kill you or something, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> so, I mean, so you like, do you think, like, it's better for someone that's, that's as, like, a, a black person to be, in the forefront, you know what I'm saying, giving game, being accessible to people or to be behind the scenes and making shit happen? I think it depends. I think everybody, everybody's different. And everybody's, you know, how they, how they, how they operate, how they move is different. Like some people, like Jay-Z and Beyonce, they're just more reserved people and they might not want to be in the spotlight for everything that they do. Some people, 
like Muhammad Ali, like LeBron James is more outspoken. So I think that there's there's benefits in both and both are needed. I feel like um of course the more outspoken you are, you know, it's just it's better as far as, you know, it's just more visible. Right. And you can you can affect more people. But a good deed is always is always welcome, whether it's behind closed doors or whether it's for the world to see. Um so I don't knock anybody for doing stuff and nobody knowing about it because ultimately that's still better than doing something, not doing anything at all. Um, so it, I think it just depends on the person, but of course, you know, when, when, when everybody's aware of it, that always helps because just bringing awareness to something, um, is, is beneficial within itself. So I think both, both are needed. And once again, I think it just depends on the, on the personality and whatever choices the person makes. Yes, that's real. And I also, I, like, I kind of believe that we at the stage right now, it's kind of like, like, so I heard somebody else say that it was like, this is the beginning of like the black renaissance for real, as far as wealth consciousness, because that's, that talk is becoming more and more popular within the community, talks about ownership, talks about things like that, where like years ago, it was more about other, other things. And then like what you doing, what your podcast doing, like y'all being at the, y'all are like at the forefront of that conversation. Like, you know what I'm saying? Bringing this to people, bridging the gap for people that's not as like interested in, in things like this. So how, how, how do you feel about that? No, I agree. I think that the tide is definitely turning and um, financial literacy is in season right now. Yeah. So it's popular. Even if you listen to the music, you know, it's, it's popular in the music now and people making decisions and investing is cool and stuff like that. So financial literacy is definitely in season and hopefully it's not a fad. Hopefully it stays around forever. But um, I definitely think that it's a good time to spread the message of financial literacy because people are receptive to it. People are starting to understand it now, and even if they don't understand it, they, they, they're just generally interested in in financial and business topics, whereas, like you said, a couple of years ago, they might not have been, but now they are. So, yeah. A question I have for you, um, you know, entrepreneurship is, like, really big right now. Everybody wants to do it. It's popular. But I think a lot of people are taking for granted the importance of being financially literate as an entrepreneur. So what are your thoughts on that? Um, yeah, I mean, education is is the, is the root of, of life, right? And it's like, no matter what you do, you need to be educated on. And financial literacy, especially if you're an entrepreneur, you know, there's a reason why a lot of businesses fail is because these people are, people might be passionate or they might be good at what they do, but they're not. They don't know how to run a business. Or they don't know how to, you know, keep books. They don't know how to keep, keep track of their money and stuff like that. So it's one thing to be an entrepreneur. It's another thing to be a, a business person, mm. a businessman or woman. So... The, being an entrepreneur, actually just going out and starting a business is only half of it. The finances is, is a major part of it. Probably more, the finance aspect is probably more important than the craft. Like you could be the best barber in the world. If you don't know how to run a business, your barbershop is going to fail. So financial literacy is important for everybody, but especially for people that are self-employed, for entrepreneurs, because you don't have a safety net to fall back on. Like if you're not financial literacy, financial literate and you have a job, you make bad decisions, but at least you're going to get paid. You got a new, a new opportunity every two weeks to make mm-hmm. good decisions because you're going to get paid. You get a retirement. So, you, you know, you, you still have some kind of like safety net. If you're an entrepreneur, you make bad decisions, then you're going to be homeless if you have the money like this. So. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Straight up. And uh, <laughs> I know you, you mentioned early on how you were uh, a financial advisor. Are you still a financial advisor? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so yes. Yeah, so that's super important. And that's like, I, I want to ask you because, um, like, I'll hear some people say, like, man, I've seen a financial advisor and they ain't really, like, give me no game for real. Like, me and Deanna, we actually even had the experience. This was, like, two years ago. We went to go see a financial advisor and he was just like, oh, you guys make a nice amount of money. He was like, uh, he didn't know. He was like, put it in the, what say, put it in the 401k. And just like uh, he was like the rest, take a vacation. He's like yeah. it was like some bubble. Go- I was like, yo, we out. I'm like, we not coming back. So th- like how we talked about how the education system needs to up their curriculum. Like, do you think in the finance realm is it time for financial advisors to like instead of having the same like for some of them have the same 401k, you know, IRI do this. Like, do you think it's time for them to have more like game when it comes to that? Yeah, for sure. I think that. Um... You know, like it's not. It's like um, like there's no like no profession. Had everybody is great, right? right. Some 
Some teachers are better than other teachers. Some some bus drivers are better than other bus drivers. Same thing with financial advisors. You have lazy financial advisors. You have financial advisors that aren't really that smart, aren't really that educated, and you got really good financial advisors. So I think it's more so more so on the actual people mm. to work with whoever you feel comfortable with. Don't just settle for anybody. Like, you mm. say, okay, well, this is the guy at my bank, so it is what it is. Like, you know, you want to, if you don't feel comfortable with the person that you, you've met with, then you can meet with somebody else. Like, there's, there's no shortage of financial advisors yeah, right. out there. So I would say to test the waters, to meet with different people, see who you feel comfortable with, who you have the best relationship with, the best rapport, and, you know, work with that person. But I wouldn't let one experience deter me from okay. working with an advisor because like I said, there's good, there's bad, there's somewhere in the middle. But um, the key is just to kind of see what works for you, who works for you, and uh, what you feel comfortable with. That's dope. That's, uh, that's dope info for real. And uh, another, another something else I want to ask to you, because this is, this is another conversation I have often where I tell people where I'm saying like, y'all have a problem because y'all spending y'all money foolishly for real. I tell a lot of people, and they be like, I don't make enough. So it's like, like let's look at your let's look at your like balance sheet and see what you're spending on. I guarantee you, it's some improvements you can make. But what, on average, do you think the problem is lack of income or lack of financial knowledge? Both. Both. Okay. Lack of, both. Okay. Yeah. Both. Because I mean, ultimately, yeah, income is still gonna play a major part. Like, even if you you have a lot of financial knowledge, if you're not. If you don't, if you don't find a way to generate more revenue, if you, you're not making enough money, then you're still going to struggle financially. Right. So the key is to have information, knowledge, but then also to have money as well, right? So that'll help you. But um, ultimately, you want to put yourself in positions, whether that's within your career, whether that's start a business, whether that's to start a side hustle, whether whatever. You have to kind of find a way to generate more revenue too, if you're. If you don't have enough money, you got to find a way to generate more revenue because then, I mean, you can have all the information, but if you don't have the revenue in place, then it's going to be difficult. Mm, that's real right there. Mm-hmm. That's real. You, like, you want to say something? Oh, you yeah, I was just going to say, uh, I forgot, it just slipped my mind. I forgot. <laughs> I mean, I, it was, it was going to be something else about Brandon. I forgot what it was, though. What the fuck was I about to say, man? <laughs> I forgot what I'm gonna say, but uh, let, let me uh, let me ask you this. So this and this is this is on Brandon as well. Like with you, like I said, I I called on to you. This was I don't even remember how many followers you had at the time, bro. But like I said, it was interesting. Whenever your page was, you had way more pictures of yourself. It was like way more information on you. That's what that was like a, a while ago. And uh, I was just like, was 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 everything? We always talk about action plans, being strategic. Was this something that you planned out like a year ago, or was this something where it just like kind of came, like came along? Because it seemed like I I get the sense that you were a strategic guy, so it seemed like this is this is shit that you had, this is shit that you had planned out, written down, mapped out. Yeah, both. I mean, uh, as far as like the, the 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 building my personal plan was something that we definitely I definitely planned out, and um, you know, but it, it, I didn't plan out. The podcast at first, I plan. I did plan it out when we first started it, but it, it wasn't. I didn't have this vision. Like my first vision for social media was like to build my own personal brand. Right. So the podcast was like really started as an extension, just to build my own personal brand even further. But then the podcast became bigger than, than me personally, and <laughs> just kind of took on a life of its own. So I had a plan for the podcast, but I didn't. I, I didn't know that it was going to go in this direction. So now it's like, you know, it's like you got to make in-game adjustments. Yeah, that's so, real. Yeah, nothing ever goes like according 100% how you want it. You kind of just have a vision, but then things can go left, right, whatever, and then you just kind of got to just ride the wave. That's that's cold because somebody's like, like you said, you was a financial advisor and you've been in finance for a minute, getting that game now, giving out game. And somebody might see like you and be like, damn, he popped off quick. You know what I'm saying? Like that happened like quick, but you don't really see like you really did. It probably like you probably been doing this ten years or something. So that's really all that work. Like I was uh, watching somebody. I think he was talking. It was Tim Grover. That's Michael Jordan trainer, and he was saying how all the times him and Mike like train for the like those certain like that, that shot he hit over Craig Elo in Cleveland. He was saying him and Mike shot that shot so many times where it was like in the game. You know what I'm saying? He made the, he already made that shot years ago just from practice. 
So that's the same, like that translates to you and what you're doing business. Your shit already popped off because you've been in, putting yourself in position and training and getting knowledge, getting information. So it may seem like, oh man, he he got on, well, he popped off quick. No, nah, this shit was years of uh, personal development, personal, you know, advancement. So that's, that's, that's what's like so dope about it to me for real. Mm -hmm. No, you're right. Nothing happens overnight, and um, people only see the success, but they don't see the work that was put yeah. in to actually reach that. So, yeah, you're 100% right with that, for sure. That's that's crazy, man. And something I want to ask you is that you've already done, like, a lot for the culture and community as far as teaching others about financial literacy and putting everybody on the game about new stuff. For you, what do you, what is your ultimate goal, like, your end goal as far as doing what you're doing, like, how do you plan to scale everything that you're doing to the next level? I um, just want to keep building it, keep building it out. Um, also, we, we started to add educational components to our thing. So like workshops, um, like online, we're going to have an online platform, um, different like in-person events, like live podcasts. So just kind of just keep building it out um, vertically and book, write a book. So, yeah, for us, I mean, that's, that's kind of the vision that we have. Those are a couple of things that we're working on. Then, um, anything else that really makes sense that fits in our brand, um, add to that as well. So the key is just to kind of like just build off of it. Like the platform that we have now is great. We want to build that, but we also want to build little other stuff off of that platform. So it's like a tree. Yeah, that's all. That's yeah, that's so dope, man. Like, like. Like I told, I told uh, BWR this as well. I want to tell you the same thing. Like what you doing? I just want to salute you for a second. Like what you doing is like because when you, I feel like when you in the moment and you actually doing it, you probably don't really realize the impact for real because you living it every single day and you're not paying attention to the impact for real. But being on the outside and seeing it, I just want to say salute to you, bro, for real because the stuff you doing is something that you like. I said you don't gotta do that. So if you take a time to give out that information giving out game to people because I'm pretty sure it's changing a lot of people's lives, especially within our community. It's like, like I said, this is like the the forefront within financial literacy of our community. I just want to say, I, we salute you, bro. You got our support with anything. Like, that's that's super, super dope to us, for real. Thank you. I appreciate that, bro. Yeah, Thank you. Much, much love, bro. And uh, only got, only got uh, one more question for you. And I guess, yeah, this is kind of getting back to the community tip. We always ask people this, like, uh, pretty much, like, yeah, do you feel like you have a, I don't know if I already asked this, do you feel like you have an obligation to, to give back and not just uh, money, monetary, you're talking resource, access to resource, information, time, et cetera? Is that something that's been, like, put in you where you feel like, I got to do this? Um, yeah, I mean, I think that, you know, it's just, it's, yeah, I think that <laughs> I, I, I definitely um, always, you know, I think it's just human nature that you should want to, help people right you should you should want to try to you know give information if you if you have it um mm. for sure it's, it's a balance i mean you can't just give away everything and burn yourself out right but um for me yeah i mean that's just the way i was raised in the community like it's just like a real community feel where i come from and everybody kind of knows each other and all of that so i was never like an isolated person where i just kind of just you know, everybody just talks already and everybody shares information, whether it's good, bad, or whatever kind of information. So it's like, if I have some information, why would I not? Why would I not share? Like, you know what I mean? It's not going to take away from me. Um, like, I remember we had a guest on the podcast and he was saying, like, you know, Michael Jordan taught you how to shoot a jump shot. He's still Michael Jordan. So if Tiger Woods taught you how to swing a golf club, like, he's still Tiger Woods. That doesn't hurt him to share information. So I look at it like it's the same way. Like it's it's not gonna hurt me to educate people or to share some information. And then if you're like, yeah, it's no, it's no force on it. You can take it if you want. You cannot take it if you, if you want. It's up to you. But um, yeah, that's how I look at it. Yeah, that's, that's 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 the perfect way to end it. It's like it's, it's really like a chasing of the guard for real. Because it's like back in the eighties and shit, nineties, it kind of seemed like people was getting game and they was just like holding it, like no, nah, I ain't giving this up. But now today is like. You corny for real. If you got game, you got shit. We, obviously, we want you to burn yourself out, like you said, but give information back where you where that can help people. Like, if you ain't doing it, it's like, damn, you corny, bro. Like, you, you ain't help nobody for real. Like, damn, dog. <laughs> <laughs> like, yo, that's fucked up, bro, for real. 
But yeah, with that being said, bro, we just want to say we definitely appreciate you come, uh, taking time to uh, come on the podcast and chop it up with us for a second. And like I said, you got our support with anything, bro. Like we appreciate you for real. Nah, no problem, man. Thank you for having me, man. Much yeah. continued success to you guys. For yeah, sure, definitely, bro. Likewise, appreciate you. All right, all peace. right, peace. Well, that was another episode of the Men and Mindsets podcast with Rashad Bailey. If you guys want to get in touch with him or uh, listen to his podcast, you can find him on Instagram at Rashad Bailao. Or you can find his uh, podcast on there at Earn Your Leisure Podcast. That's E-A-R-N-Y-O-U-R-L-E-I-S-U-R-E. And you can get in touch with him, listen to the podcast. Definitely follow him on Instagram, listen to his podcast. They're kicking out a lot of game every episode on both platforms. And, uh, for, and, and wrapping up, for those who don't know, you can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Xavier C. Miller. That's X A B I E R C. Miller. And D, what's your info? And you can find me on Instagram at Deanna Kent or Kent Real Estate. And then you can find me on Twitter at Deanna is Kent. And that's all we have for y'all. Appreciate y'all for listening. See y'all next episode. Peace. On the way to the big check. You ain't know I'm up next when I'm on the way. You ain't take risks because you're too afraid. I'ma just eat till I'm overweight. On the way. Oh, a lot of shit on the way. On the way. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. This is your invitation to a masterclass in engineering and design. Your ticket to go from zero to 60 with the Lexus Performance Line. A feeling this dynamic is invite only. Fortunately, you're invited. Experience the exhilaration of the Lexus Performance Line and some of the best offers of the year on select models at the Invitation to Lexus sales event, now through April 1st. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer.